0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why would you listen
1: to any other <laughs> Eagles podcast <laughs> with John Stormus and Brandon Lee Gallagher? Hello Bleeding Green Nation and welcome back to BGN Radio. This is episode number 74. I'm John Stolnes from BleedingGreenNation.com. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about the final day of what essentially is the last day of training camp. Uh, the Eagles have a couple more joint practices with the Baltimore Ravens next week, but ahead of their game, uh, their preseason game against the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. The Eagles wrapped up their practices at the Nova care Complex for this week uh, on Tuesday. And uh, uh, we're going to talk to Brandon Lee Gouton here in just a second to get his uh, thoughts on what he saw down in training camp uh, on Tuesday. And um, we'll get a look at the injury list uh, and preview the Jacksonville game just a little bit. Uh, and of course, don't forget, you can follow uh, Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Gouton. BLG, how you feeling, my friend?
0: John, always good to be back here with you, my friend. We are at the end of training camp, essentially, like you said. Uh, obviously, the joint training camp practices will be happening next week, and those will be great because we've kind of already seen everything we could possibly see in training camp.
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, to this
0: point, today was actually the 15th practice, so it's you know it's been a long trek since late July when this thing first started. It goes by fast in hindsight, always, because there's a lot of action, it's a lot of fun. Ultimately, there's a lot to talk about, obviously, with camp winding down and the preseason, the second game really coming up this week and uh, as this team continues to try to figure out their roster.
1: Yeah, and there are some interesting things that the Eagles are going to have to uh, try and figure out here over the next couple of weeks of preseason. And, you know, a lot of these, we're not going to see the starters very much, but I do want to talk a little bit about here in a few minutes, you know, how much we'll see Carson Wentz, how much we should see of Carson Wentz. We'll talk about how much we'll see of all about, you know, from all the starters here uh, over the course of these uh, next three preseason games. But to start things off, BLG, let's just kind of get a little bit of a report card uh, from uh, from Tuesday's practice. And I've been just kind of, you know, Keeping up and listening to you and, and Michael Kist, if you guys as you guys have done these day after or or, or post training camp practice wrap ups, uh, giving the updates and checking in on Carson Wentz, seeing how he's doing. It seems as though he's been a little bit more up and down over these last couple of practices. He's looked good in some ways, but struggled uh, in in some of the practices. It hasn't been like early in camp. It doesn't seem to me, based on what I'm I'm seeing on the timeline, buddy, that. Uh, where everything he did seemed to be look like the ball was floating out of his hand perfectly and hitting everybody in stride. That it's been a little bit more uneven these last couple of days. Did that continue on Tuesday?
0: Yeah, that was especially the case uh, earlier on in this four-day stretch of practices that they've had, dating back to Saturday. Just wasn't really super sharp. Wouldn't say bad. Like, he had a, a training camp practice early in training camp. I think it was the first Saturday practice they had after they started on a Thursday where I thought he was just, like, bad. <laughs> it was not yeah. a good practice. There was there's very little good from that practice. He definitely hasn't had, like, a practice since then, in my opinion. Um, he's had some where he's kind of been really up and down. There's been some inconsistency there. On the whole, though, if we're talking about a grade, I'd give Carson, like, an A-. minus. Like, he's, there's been some bad, but I think that the good has definitely outweighed it. I think to say he's had an up-and-down training camp would be false, in the sense like you're equating both of those things equally. Like, Nate Sudfeld, to me, was having an up-and-down offseason, really, up until leading up to that first preseason game. And I think Carson Wentz, you know, has been way better than Nate Sudfeld, especially for what you would expect, too, yeah. from, relative to their talent. So, I... I you know this whole idea that like, uh, Carson, you know, hasn't been good or sh- people should be worried. Like I don't buy that at all. I don't even know how much it matters or means. Even if Carson Wentz didn't look good in camp, as I was talking about with Kiss on the last podcast I did with him, like Nick Foles didn't look good in training camp before or and even in preseason. Yeah. And last year he was horrible in the preseason yeah. game. I, I just don't know how much that means. I think the most important thing, not even I think I know the most important thing is that Carson Wentz looks healthy, and that's pretty much you know the biggest thing for him. Uh, he looks healthy he doesn't look limited i've seen enough good to know that like he's not just totally terrible i'd be i mean it'd be one thing you know if he was having this completely awful training camp then yeah i think i would have some level of concern but as long as he's there's some good and he's looking healthy like that's good enough for me he was especially sharp today in tuesday's practice in the red zone he made a number of good throws he had a perfect fade pass touchdown to Deshaun. Uh, The fans who were in attendance really liked that one. Uh, Maddox had great coverage on him. He was contesting the ball the entire way. And it was just like right above his fingertips and just right to Deshaun. So... That was great to see. Carson also had a hit Nelsnagler for a touchdown. And one thing that I've been encouraged by in this stretch of practices here is that Carson seems to be hitting and kind of clicking with Alshon a little bit more than he had in the That's past. That's great. Yeah, that yeah. is encouraging. So uh, we'll see if that continues. They haven't really hit on like super, super big plays. But in terms of like the intermediate game, those two have been clicking a lot it, like back in 2017, when the Eagles first got Alshon, they were not clicking great. Like the the target percentage yeah. there wasn't good. Uh, recently, to see that like almost every time, I feel like literally every time Carson has targeted Alshon, it's been a completion. So that's that's been good to see.
1: I mean, and Alshon is such a weapon. I think we, we forget about him almost with Deshaun coming on board and and drafting JJ, and we're excited about the tight ends. And uh, from everything you hear, also that Zach Ertz has had a monster camp. Uh, this summer as well, and 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 Ertz's targets are going to go down a little bit because there's there's more talent to to go around. Wens is going to have to spread the ball, but you know Alshon Jeffrey is their their number one receiver, and and he does provide so much, especially inside the red zone. And everything I'm I'm hearing too, BLG, and and from your reporting as well is that. This team inside the red zone looks like it's going to be absolutely dynamic this coming season. There's so many targets. There's so many guys who can who have size and can can win contested matchups. Because we all know as you get closer to the goal line, the, the field shrinks. There's less room to operate. And so you need guys who can win those one-on-one battles. And it seems like the Eagles now have a plethora of... Of those guys provided they stay healthy and Alshon's one of them
0: yeah the Eagles were first right in red zone uh conversion percentage back in 2017 and it wasn't surprising that they fell off a little bit last year you know that's kind of some natural regression but they were around 17th I believe in 2018 so that's definitely an area they could afford to bounce back up on and yeah John like when you have Zach Ertz who by the way was like covered well I feel like in the end zone today in the back middle of the end zone Uh, Carson just threw it up to him because he's big and he could get it Mm -hmm. and he he Mm -hmm. did he brought it in for the touchdown again you've got it there you have Jeffrey obviously Alshon who can make those kind of catches Deshaun has you know he had that fade catch today he's not the biggest guy but you know he has speed down there Uh, Aguilar I feel like it's been pretty dangerous tough to cover in the red zone Mm -hmm. JJ Arcega-Whiteside has jump ball ability like the list (laughs) goes on Um, i'm probably forgetting someone and even if you want to pound it in the ground like jordan howard is one of the more physical running backs uh that you could ask for like to have in the red zone and be reliable in that way so they don't have good excuses if there's red zone struggles this year (laughs) that is like that's going to be hard to excuse
1: yeah because in 2017 it was obviously a huge strength and it was one of the things that we looked at and for 2018 and and along with a uh, third down conversion rate and saying that will probably they'll probably not be as successful doing that in 18 as they were in 17, where they were the best in the NFL. But uh, at least in the red zone, it seems like they should be a top five offensive unit from inside the 20. Getting back to Carson Wentz for just a second, PLG, a lot of the conversation uh, around Philadelphia and, and by among Eagles fans is whether or not uh, Doug Peterson is going to play Carson Wentz at all in the preseason. Typically throughout football history, when you've had these unnecessary four preseason games the starters generally play mostly in the third game and you might see start the starters in the first quarter of the second game and maybe they get a half or three quarters in the third game but from the sounds of it it doesn't sound like the Eagles are going to play Carson Wentz at all here in the preseason not a single snap of preseason action is that your impression as well and if so what do you think about that philosophy
0: John I will ask a question of you yes what is the, all right what is the downside to Carson Wentz not playing in the
1: preseason. I think the downside and I think he should play. At least get a half a half in. I think you know, here's a guy who missed the beginning of last season. He missed the end of last season with injury. He was a little he was you know, he had a decent season last year of battling through the injuries that he had, but he's he's got some new players to work with. I and maybe the you know the practices against the Ravens next week will be able to simulate game action in a, to a pretty fair degree. But I think there's something different about getting out there in game action and just getting a half in. Against an, an another team wearing a different jersey that actually is trying to tackle and sack the quarterback, and when you're playing against your own guys, they're trying. They don't want to hurt the quarterback. They don't want to. They don't want to do anything to injure their their franchise QB. That's not the case in a preseason game. I, and I understand players are not going all out in a preseason game, but there's a possibility that maybe you, you struggle a little bit out of the gate to find your rhythm if you don't get a little bit of preseason action in and and Carson Wentz doesn't get a little bit of a, a little bit of playing time in the preseason. And I know they're playing Washington first week of the season and Washington's pretty terrible so you might not need Carson at his absolute best in that game, but I think I think he should play a half in the third game and then that's it. Get him out of there. But he could get hurt in the first game too. If I mean I don't think you can be that terrified of putting Carson Wentz out there in the preseason. He's gonna have to play at some point. You're gonna he's gonna have to face opponents at some point. And if you lose him in the first game of the regular season or in the third game of the preseason, each are equally damaging.
0: No, I don't agree. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I think the Fair worst enough. that can happen if he does not play, like you said, is kind of like maybe, maybe, not even like for sure, like maybe he's rusty. Like, okay, but what does that even mean? I I, I think it's ridiculous to suggest that, like, his season would be in jeopardy, right? Like, that's fair to say. It's like, well, Carson Wentz didn't have a good season this year because he didn't play in the preseason at all. Like, that would be—that's asinine. Like, that cannot be a real thing. Uh, That cannot be a real case for him playing in the preseason. If you can—if you want to argue that, like, he's rusty for the first game, like, that seems more, like, fair to argue and within a scope of the argument— um, but anything else to me would be crazy. So to me, you know, I look at it as what's, what is the downside of him not playing? It, okay, maybe it's that he's a little bit rusty. But what is the downside of him, you know, playing and then getting hurt? Literally, the season is over and they're not contending this year. And that's a huge, huge blow to like a veteran roster, a veteran aging roster like that. You need to win now. Like This team is built to win now. They don't have the luxury of being like, oh, Wentz is out, but we can come back next year. I mean, yeah, they have Wentz under contract and this front office has shown faith that like they're not going to be a disaster in necessarily in the new, near future. But like, you're set up to win now. So if that's the case, I'm totally fine with them holding out Carson Wentz for the preseason. He's getting a ton of reps in practice, like a ton, a ton, ton, ton. And against starters too, not just against like the backups. Like Doug Peterson has the Eagles offense going up against the Eagles starting defense. So between that... And between these uh, training camp joint sessions with the Ravens, I think he's going to get enough action leading up to the start of the season. Keeping Carson Wentz healthy is the only thing that matters, I think, of this entire preseason, really. I want to ensure he does that. If he played like a drive, am I going to be pulling my hair out? I guess not. But like at that point, it's just like, you know, how much does that matter? Like if you're playing him a drive or not. Yeah, that's not enough to make it worth it. Yeah. So I just, I don't need to see him at all. I, I think you need to look at. All the seasons in the past that have been jeopardized by an injury, a quarterback injury in the preseason, and think about those, and just the upside doesn't seem worth it to me.
1: Let me let me pose a question. I mean, what if he's what if he struggles like in these in these practices against the Ravens, and he, he looks really he looks really off. I mean, maybe that probably isn't going to happen. Kind of a hypothetical devil's advocate thing, but you know, suppose he he doesn't look crisp. In, in these in these practices against the Ravens, is there any thought like that? You, like you mentioned, he's in these last four practices. He he hasn't been up and down like you said Nate Sudfeld has, but he hasn't been quite as crisp as he was early on. Is there there there's no sense for you then to to even get him into play? There's no benefit really to doing that.
0: Yeah, I just don't see it. I'd honestly rather just save his arm too. Like again, he's getting a lot of work. I don't want to overwork that arm going into the mm-hmm. season. I don't. And you have to consider John here too. He's not working behind his top offensive line if he's playing because. Lane Johnson is out for the preseason. He has a uh, a knee injury that he's doing with. He'll be back for the regular season, but he's not playing in the preseason. If I'm not mistaken, that's Jordan Milata at right tackle. You know Carson <laughs> Wentz is playing behind. Are you playing Jason Peters, who's 37 years old? Like, are you putting him out there? And because if not, it's Andre Dillard, who's looked good, but still, like he's a rookie and he could easily get, yeah. you know, like he goes up against a veteran and all of a sudden, like he blows a protection and then Carson Wentz is blindsided. Like, he's getting hit. Like, I, I just don't need to see that. I don't think Carson Wentz, even if he is playing, that it's like a guarantee that he wouldn't be rusty. Like it's entirely possible that he could be playing like in the preseason and still be get off to a slow start in like the regular season. I don't think it's like a guarantee like you play him in preseason for sure. And then he's not rusty at all because there is some kind of layoff even between that third preseason game and then not playing at all in week four. And then, you know, not playing again until a couple weeks later uh, on that first Sunday of the regular season. So I just don't need to see him in the preseason.
1: Fair enough, and and you you see him every day, so I'll take you I'll take your word for it. I, I still wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing him play a half of football in in the third preseason game. I think that could do everybody some good. But I know I think I'm in the minority there, and I do know you know the the, the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, BLG Jared Goff did not play a single minute of the preseason last year for the Rams either, I don't think, and he ended up going to the Super Bowl with them. Am I, am I, am I remembering yeah, that correctly? Yeah, but then he looked bad in the Super Bowl, so it was clearly because he didn't <laughs> play in the preseason. All right, fair enough. As far as you know, the offense goes here uh, in the preseason, I'm curious about – about how the running backs looked on, on Tuesday and how they're divvying up carries so far at this point. I mean, we we know they got all these new running backs. They, they got Jordan Howard. You know, they they brought in Miles Sanders, and obviously they, they really need these guys to, to, to play better this year than the the group that they got. Uh, production from last year or lack of production from last year how's the running game uh looking or the running backs uh, we were talking about a pass catching receiver out of the backfield is darren sproles getting a lot of action we don't hear much about sproles here in 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 the preseason and training camp so far
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be what we expected pretty much throughout the offseason in terms of, like, this is still going to be a rotation. Jordan Howard, I think, is going to be the guy out of the gate in terms of, like, he's your quote-unquote starter. He might get the most um, reps or playing time. But I don't think it's going to be, like, this huge disparity. You know, I don't think it's like Jordan Howard, 20 carries per game, and Miles Sanders, 3. Like, no, I think it's more like Jordan Howard, 13 or so. And then mm. Miles Sanders, you know, like 10. Like I think it's going to be close. And I, again, I think that could change over the course of the season if Howard struggles and or Miles Sanders starts to really come on. Because looking at Miles Sanders in training camp, John, like he clearly has the most juice, like in his legs. Like he is dynamic. The other running backs on this team are not, they are at least not <laughs> the level you know of, of miles sanders and his ability you know darren sproles has some of that you know dynamicism to him but you know he's 36 now he's older it's just yeah. it's not this and he's not a full-time player in any case like miles sanders right, can right, right. be a full-time player at some point you know i feel okay about this running back rotation overall it's not one of the best in the league by any means um but i think they have enough guys who do, do certain things well where you, you can certainly work with this and you know look for the Eagles to have made things work with what they did last year, when Wendell Smallwood and you know Josh Adams was literally your leading rusher, like for them to make it work with that, not great and definitely needed to be upgraded. Um, but if they can make it work with that, I think they can kind of make it work with the guys they have now. Uh, I feel good about Howard, uh, even if he's not this guy that he was with the Bears in terms of this big volume guy, which you you really don't want him to be on this team, right? um, right. Especially because his efficiency was going down. But like, he was good in the red zone, and that guy isn't like a third down. Uh, Running back because he's not really much of a pass catcher, but like Mm -hmm. he can pass protect He's one of the better pass protecting running backs, So like he brings some kind of value to the team miles Sanders like he is going to break off some big runs I am sure of it. I've seen him do it in camp Like he is going to make some big plays at some point He might also make some rookie mistakes like only natural, but I think he again can contribute things to this team Darren Sproles I know some people out there like oh, you know, they should have moved on it's time blah 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 I saw enough from him late in the season in the regular season last year, especially that Texans scheme, to make me believe like he has something left in the tank still as a role player. Hopefully Doug doesn't overuse him. That's kind of something that's worth, you know, kind of monitoring and, and we'll all be complaining about if that's the case, but like, I still think he can contribute. And then Corey Clement, who like to me recently, You know, he's getting more reps after, you know, missing a lot of time in the offseason. Like, he's looking healthy, and he's looking maybe faster than I remember him being. So Mm -hmm. that's encouraging to see as well. I don't think Corey's going to have a big role, you know, with all those other guys in the backfield. But he gives you depth behind Sproles. You know, Sproles gets hurt again, which, you know, would not be surprising. And at the very least, like, he gives you good depth. So I feel good about that spot overall. Not amazing, but good. You think they carry four running backs then? Yeah, you have to. I think because you can't yeah. you can't carry yeah. three, right? Because like Sproles has only played in nine games. Yeah, that's over right. the Past two, years. Like, so you can't put all your. I think you have to carry at least four. And I don't need. I don't see any need to keep like Smallwood or Adams on this team. So I don't. I don't need to see a fifth. Like just keep a fifth oh. on the practice squad. That's
1: disappointing to hear um one more thing before we get to the first break here blg i heard you you know when you and kiss were talking about the recap after monday's practice you're talking about uh some fight night action going on with andre dillard getting and getting physical with Derek barnett apparently a little bit more of the same on on tuesday second practice in a row where andre dillard kind of mixed up with one of his teammates what's going on with the youngster what happened uh, what happened earlier today
0: yeah i didn't see this myself because of the view i had um when I was watching 7-on-7, seven seven, I was more focused on that field. I couldn't really see the offensive line, defensive line drill. So, shout-out to friend of BGN, obviously, Bo Wolf, who had a good view of this. And he said it was Sharif Miller who kind of instigated this one. So, maybe that was kind of like a carryover from yesterday. Um, but maybe not, because Sharif Miller also fought uh, Casey Tucker earlier in training camp. And then Casey Tucker never played for the Eagles again. He got waived with, like, an injury settlement or whatever. Um, after suffering a concussion, it's unclear if Sharif Miller made Casey Tucker suffer that concussion, but we <laughs> never heard from him again. It seems like you know Sharif has a little bit of you know fire in him. I, I think mm-hmm. Dillard, you know, having that emotion is like uh, an interesting thing. It can be a good thing in that like you you want your offensive lineman, you know, to get angry and have a, a nasty streak to them but you also don't want to uh, i guess to steal a chip kellyism like you don't want your emotions to control you you know you want to control your emotions so you so you kind of worry you know you don't want to get like dillard playing out of control or you know or like going on a rampage or whatever and right, uh, right, getting, right. you know out of control but uh, i do like to see the passion you know and the, and the energy about it um so that's kind of an interesting thing i guess to monitor with dillard see how he kind of handles himself here and You know, maybe that's kind of why he dropped a little bit further than expected. You know, that kind of emotional kind of factor, like teams having concern right or wrong. They might have been dumb about it, but kind of wondering like what his mental makeup is. So that's kind of like an interesting thing to keep an eye on as uh, his career progresses.
1: Well, up next, we're going to get into some of the injury updates before we get to the second preseason game, and we'll preview the Jacksonville game uh, a little bit. Uh, There's not a whole lot of X's and O's to get into, but some, some thoughts heading into preseason game number two. That's coming up next right here on BGN Radio And we're back on BGN Radio. So BLG, let's give the folks a quick injury update here. So far, we talked a little bit about the fact that uh, Lane Johnson isn't isn't playing at all this preseason, and uh, we're gonna look probably not gonna see much from uh, from Jason Peters, although there's not an injury there necessarily at the moment. But we had this this week is an important week for Brandon Brooks to really kind of find out exactly where he is on his recovery, isn't that right?
0: Yeah. So the hope is that Brandon Brooks can uh, return to team drills last week. Zach Berman had had mentioned that he uh, he had talked to Brooks. So that'd be great. I mean, you know, that'd be great to see Brandon Brooks, um, assuming, you know, they're not rushing him and he's actually legitimately ready for that. And Dave Spadaro posted a video of Brooks kind of taking an offensive line rep after practice where he was looking pretty, pretty good, pretty explosive off the ball. So that's good to see. Um, you know, you, you're really hoping all of these guys, not just Brooks, but like Nigel Bradham and Fletcher Cox, like these guys who haven't really been practicing. Uh, and are making their way back like the season slowly starting to approach you know now it's it's less than a month away it was a month from uh, the eighth the first preseason game we're just under mm-hmm. a month here and it'd be nice to kind of get some of these guys not just ready in time for week one but you know like ready to take some reps you know and kind of get uh, into shape a little bit and get their conditioning back up before then you know having to go actually play a game in week one so hopefully brooks is among them And, uh, you know, Darby and McLeod, uh, guys like that, are obviously making their way back as well. I think Jalen Mills is probably going to begin the year on the pup list. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, so they have some injuries here that they're uh, just trying to hopefully get healthy and hopefully stay healthy, you know. Um, I think they've, Mm -hmm. you know, for losing Joe Osman sucks. You know, Kamu going down with an injury and Nate Sudfeld getting banged up, like those things suck. Uh, but you could do a lot worse in terms of the injury department. So hopefully, you know, they can kind of just continue to get healthy here.
1: Yeah, and Fletcher Cox hasn't been seen much uh, either in the locker room or or obviously on the field as he's recovering uh, from foot surgery, uh, from the injury he suffered in the Saints game, the Saints playoff game uh, last season. But he did speak to the media today, and he seems to be pretty comfortable with where he is in his recovery, BLG, that he's uh, going to be ready for, for week one. He doesn't really seem to be a guy that feels like he needs... Uh, a whole lot of prep to get ready for the season, Uh, just like a a week of practices or something like that. Um, So any concerns from you about Fletcher Cox and and, and the fact we he hasn't gotten on the field at all yet? I mean, it seems like so many of these guys don't really need any preseason.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about Fletcher. Um, He's a super tough guy, you know, for him to even, I guess, play in that Saints game like he was able to come back from the injury. Like, I don't I don't think there's anything that can keep him off the field. (laughs) And even if he's not like 100%, like he's still going to be pretty good, I think. Like you're not really hindering him much. But I think the great thing about this situation is even if Cox isn't ready for some reason, which would not be ideal, like you obviously want him out there. I just, and I was talking about this with Kist on the last podcast, but like they're just so loaded on the interior defensive line now. Like Malik Jackson, to me, has looked good. And he had another pass deflection today, and that's something I think we're going to see a lot from, of from him this season. Like Malik Jackson's big; he's like six five, six six. He's long arms too. Like he's going to get his hands up, and he's going to get um, he's going to tip some passes, and maybe some of those are going to you know result in interceptions. Uh, Connor Barwin, you know, always used to be really good at like bat, batting down some of those passes. It's a little different, you know, because Malik plays on the interior, or at least will for the majority of his time here. But you know, I think we're going to see some of that. Uh, and, and in addition, like again, he was really only like an uh, inch away from strip sacking uh, Mariota in that first preseason game last week. So I feel good about Malik Jackson. I feel good about Timmy Jernigan looking healthy and like his 2017 early season self, yeah. where like, he was dominating in the interior. He is like blowing up run plays. He is generating uh, a pass rush on the quarterback from the interior. I feel really good about that. And then obviously, you know, you have like guys like Trayvon Hester. And um, who else am I missing here? Uh, Hassan Ridgeway. Hassan Ridgeway. He's dealing with the mm-hmm. concussion, but if he can get healthy, which I, you know, hopefully he can, uh, then like I- I've seen some things from him that make me feel good too. Uh, and even if he's not around, like Bruce Hector had a decent preseason game in the first game. So like they they're so loaded at that spot that even if Cox has to miss some time, or you know maybe. I don't think he'll miss time, but maybe even if the Eagles have to manage his reps a little bit more, which they should honestly, because they played him a lot in 2018, like way too much, as opposed to you know back in 2017 where they're kind of able to manage his reps better and then Mm -hmm. ramp him up in the playoffs when the games you know mattered the most. Like I would like to see that again. They can kind of, and I think that's what the goal was. I think that's why they stocked up so much on defensive tackle is to like be able to have that rotation.
1: Uh, something else to kind of move into, getting away from uh, from the injuries and all that kind of stuff. Uh, something interesting from uh, a Houston Chronicle reporter, John McClain, uh, talking about Jadavian Clowney, BLG. Uh, it's been making the rounds on on Eagles Twitter right now because uh, John McClain tweeted that he would be surprised if Jadavian Clowney, the outstanding uh, defensive end for the Houston Texans, isn't traded. Uh, he said they need an upgrade at left tackle to protect Deshaun Watson. Left tackles don't grow on trees, so I have no idea who it would be at this time of year. That's the John McClain tweet. And obviously, the Eagles, as we all know, have um, a—I don't know if they have an extra left tackle because Jason Peters is is aging, but they also have Andre Dillard, but they have some injuries they're dealing with on the offensive line. But nevertheless, we've talked about the possibility of them moving uh, Big V here in the preseason or one of their other offensive linemen, and— I have seen it floated on Eagles Twitter by some folks about the possibility. Wh- hey, Howie Roseman, why don't we call up Houston and talk about some kind of deal for J- Jadavian Clowney? Are people living in a dreamland to think that Clowney's going to come here? Because I don't see any possibility or any way that this makes any sense.
0: Yeah, it's not happening. Um, feel free to play that when I'm wrong and Howie Roseman sucks <laughs> us all. But, like, I just don't. Uh- I I really feel like Madden has ruined the way people think about football, and maybe I'm I'm just no fun. And I, that's probably true, but no, um, you're
1: lots of fun, BLJ. Well, I'm
0: not, but thank you for being nice <laughs> anyway. But um, I'm not being fun about this. At least it's just like I, go. I, I It's not realistic, guys. Like you're not paying attention, and some people are like floating trading Jason Peters for. For clowning it's like you're not paying attention if that's like a real suggestion like yeah the Eagles are really trading their future Hall of Famer left tackle who has literally said he's best friends with the team's owner for a guy on a one-year contract who like could be gone easily after this year because you can't resign him because it's his franchise tag uh, tender date like once July 15 passes you can't sign a, a player on a franchise tag tender to an extension that season it's you're just not like paying attention or you're not like weighing like realistic things like first of all the locker room would like revolt you know they, they traded jason peters like mm-hmm. that's he's like one of the most respected player in there um he is almost like above the law in that team like jp's the yeah. man like you don't just like he's not it's not like madden where you can just like do that and there's no locker room or human emotion like consequences it's not that simple and i think with the clowny trade like another thing, like the whole mechanics of that is Clowney doesn't even have to come to the Eagles if he doesn't want to. You know, most most mm-hmm. players when they get traded, like they don't really have much of a say. You know, it's up to the team, yeah, you because know, the team owns their contract and they can trade him. Mm-hmm. But with Clowney, he's not signed right now. He hasn't signed his tender yet. So if he doesn't want to go play for the Eagles, he doesn't have to. Like he just he can mm-hmm. say like, no, I'm not going to sign my tender. I'm not going to allow you to trade me like that. Now, why would he do that? Well, the Eagles employ a pass rush rotation, and that's not going to change, by the way, just because they get Clowney. Like, that's not changing. Um, I've seen some people be like, well, they just wouldn't rotate as much. No, they would, because they've always done it under Jim Schwartz, no matter who's been playing for them. And who's... So, okay, let's say you get Clowney, too. Who's he replacing? Is he replacing Brandon Graham, who you signed to, like, a big contract this offseason? No, I don't think that's happening. Is he replacing Derek Barnett, who, like, okay... Is Davey Davion Clowney like more proven does he have more upside or whatever than Derek Barnett probably right people would argue that but Like the Eagles are very high on Derek Barnett. I think that's very clear considering how they traded uh, Michael Bennett and they ultimately, you know lost Chris Long and didn't weren't like super desperate to go do a a bunch to Replace that like they believe in Derek Barnett. He's a first-round pick for them. Of course they would so, like, yeah. I, you're really just sending, like, Derek Barnett to the bench all of a sudden and you're trading Clowney and you think, like, the locker room's going to feel, all, all, like, all good with that. Uh, like, that it's just not realistic. I don't think people are paying attention. And, again, like, so you'd have to pay him a lot of money this year, which the Eagles have cap space, but then they wouldn't be able to roll it over to next year all of a sudden if you did that. And, again, like, you're not going to be able to resign him necessarily because you can't resign him to an extension in season. And you're really risking giving up some kind of big assets for a player who is very good. And I would, in a yeah. vacuum, I would have loved to have Davion Clowney on this team. And I think it would have made more sense if they could have traded him for, I mean, for him before that July 15th date. Because then they could have signed him to an extension as well. But I just don't see it at all. I think um, I think there's there has to be teams out there that, like, are willing to give up more, ultimately. Because they're going to need him more. And there's teams, I'm sure, that Clowney would approve of going to more because he's like playing time is important for him because he's going to be a free yeah. agent again. After he needs this a contract. Yeah, so yep. like, mm-hmm. he's not going to come to some team and then like, you know, only play a certain percentage of the snaps. Like he's not going to want to do that. That was the same thing with like, that was the same problem with not getting Ezekiel Anza. Like he wasn't going to come to the Eagles when he was going to have to be part of the rotation. So I just think it's not realistic at all. Just like those other big-name trades we talked about, John, like Antonio yeah. Brown and whatever earlier in the offseason. And sure enough, those didn't come to fruition either.
1: Yeah, that's not what this team does. They they don't bring in the guy who's going to soak up, who's going to, you know, the the whole place is going to revolve around that one guy because you're right. like That's why they didn't bring in Le'Veon Bell, you know, because they, they like to distribute the football. You're right. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and I mean, he's a good player. He would help this football team. In that sense, it makes some sense, but logistically, contract, you're like you mentioned, with Derek Barnett you're right it's not it's not something that's going to happen but still something interesting to talk about so BLG let's preview this Jacksonville game here coming up and um, obviously the Eagles are going to get a chance to see their old friend Nick Foles it was cool reading something about Foles yesterday as I was uh, on the timeline and uh, looking at a reporter who was writing a story about Nick who after they were saying like after three hours of practice there's Nick Foles Uh, doing 30 sets of wind sprints or something like that in his in his full uniform after practice just nick Folesian type things (laughs) still going on down in jacksonville and i know you know everybody would love to see jacksonville have success i think nick Foles fans would love to see him succeed down there as well i just wonder what your thoughts are uh, as seeing nick Foles in a another team's uniform it's it's a game that doesn't matter it's in jacksonville so it's not as emotional as it would be him coming back to philadelphia or anything like that but uh uh, seeing Nick Foles in a Jaguars uniform—it's going to look pretty weird, BLG. What do you think? Well, we're not going to see him play.
0: Uh, apparently, he's. Oh, is he not playing? Apparently, according to Derek Gunn, um, he is not playing. So we're not getting, and I'm sure Carson Wentz will not be playing. So we're not getting yeah. the yeah. the big preseason matchup we all wanted, and honestly, would have caused people to lose their minds on
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: pretty much no matter what happened um you know comparing the stat lines even though it's just like a preseason game um for our sanity's sake it's probably a good thing for the sake of discussion and takes and whatnot it's a bad thing you know it would have been an entertainment (laughs) entertainment's sake it would have been a good thing to uh see nick and carson i would have loved to see them both play not you know not in the context we talked about earlier just in this specific you know matchup context so um yeah it'll be a bummer to uh to not see that as far as Foles himself goes like uh it it seems like he's doing decent down there from what i've gathered from afar down in uh jacksonville with his new team so that's good to see i suppose i don't really have a lot of faith that he's gonna have some kind of great year with the jags uh again from what i've gathered from afar i was looking at espn's ranking of the top offensive arsenals you know because the eagles i think were if not number one they were up there the jaguars are last they're dead last in that ranking so i just you know i kind of wonder what kind of system there is there around Foles. i'm also interested to see how he does with flip because did we overrate flip collectively you know as a fan base the way (laughs) he you know got a ton of hype after the super bowl but then you know went to minnesota and the offense sucked and like they flamed out yeah kind of will be interested to see how that one goes uh overall you know I'm, i'm obviously very thankful what nick Foles did i have clearly been wrong about him many times before um, so I feel like it's only fitting that I doubt him once again in Jacksonville, and then he obviously <laughs> defies those expectations and surpasses them. It would only be like fitting, and I wouldn't be surprised at all in the end. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll be it'll be cool for the guys to catch up with him and and whatever.
1: I guess we'll just see him standing on the sideline with his with his uh, baseball cap on and uh, that'll have to be enough but i think it's interesting now because if there's no Nick Foles there's no Carson Wentz really none of the Eagles starters are going to play what reason is there to pay attention to this game blg why are we why are you watching why are we watching what's there to what's there to look out for here in preseason game number 2 um <laughs> Let me think about that one No um, Fair enough
0: No definitely uh, Please do pay attention to uh, Especially yeah, the yeah, yeah. And the BGN radio podcast Here that you're listening to Yeah I don't know There's some stuff I mean there's uh, You know not so much In the context of the game itself But like individual players I'm definitely Still interested in seeing Um I say that But the pain of like Not having at least Quarterbacks who Potentially can even get you Through the game offensively Like that's rough mm-hmm. That's kind of what I worry about With Kessler And Thorson here Like I don't need them to look like, you know, Pro Bowl players. I just, like, look somewhat competent and, like, get through the game and, like, have a drive at some point as opposed to just, like, being totally lost. So on in that vein, I guess, like, I want to see more from Cody Kessler after I thought he really did not look good against the Titans last week. Again, I don't need him to light it up and have, like, two touchdowns. But, like, if even if he can lead, like, a nice... Field goal dry like, geez, I would mm-hmm. take that. Yeah, um, And yeah. look like not terrible, but at least like make some good throws. Like, give me something. Just give me something to kind of be like, all right, he did that that one good thing. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. a very low bar for him to clear. But there's that. There is the uh, – I'm excited to see Deshaun Hall and Josh Sweat, you know, after both of those guys stood out in the first preseason game. Especially, I want to see if Hall can kind of pick up uh, and continue because he had that shoulder injury. He missed some time in training camp this week. I want to see uh, if that's bothering him and if he can still be very effective. Because uh, I, thought, I thought he was wrecking stuff out there last week, and I like seeing that. Offensively, I want to see Matt Hollins play because we haven't seen him in forever. Yeah, right. And he's been practicing this week, so I feel like we might see him play. That would be great to see him do literally anything at all. Um, so I'm looking for that. And then I guess Mark and Michelle, you know, just because he had that 75-yard touchdown mm-hmm. last week, obviously. And he had it against the Dory Jackson, which is impressive. You know, Titans starting quarterback who was very fast. Um, but I want to see if he can t- kind of do it again or if that was just, you know, a one-and-done kind of deal. So I guess those are the most things that I'm excited to watch. What about you, John?
1: I definitely want to see... Cody Kessler and what he's going to be able to do out there. I mean, obviously, he's not going to have many of the first-team guys with him, but just, again, like you said, so that he looks competent out there in case, you know, if something happens to Carson Wentz, can he can he win a game or two? He's not going to be a guy that you want to have out there for 13 or 14 weeks or anything like that, because hopefully Nate Sudfeld is back by week three or week four, but, you know, can Cody Kessler manage the game well enough so that you don't have to put your head inside a pillowcase and turn off the television? You know I mean? I mean, it's so. I just want to see Cody Kessler play. I, I, you know, I would love to see. Not knowing who's going to play, it's it's hard. To, I mean, I would like to see some of the. Um, I'd like to see Dillard. I, I didn't get a chance much to see in the first game, so I'm I'm going to get a chance to watch uh, game uh, number two here, and I I want to see if Andre Dillard is able to build on the game that he had last week. Uh, I want to see how the linebacker situation shakes itself out. I'm interested in L.J. Ford. I want to see uh, if if he plays well this week. He it seemed like he had a, a pretty good game last week, and. Um, some of the young defensive ends, Josh Sweat, if he can improve and have a, a better week this weekend. I would love to see if one of the top five offensive linemen in the NFL, Jordan Milata, is able to continue to play at a Pro Bowl level here at BLG. You know, I would it, like am interested to see the kid play, but, you know, obviously uh, one, there was one Eagles analyst who would let the hyperbole get a little out of control, as was previously mentioned. So, um. Are you saying that Josh Adams
0: is not a top five running back? in the league as well. Yeah. Are you saying that?
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I know that there, there has been a breakdown of, of Josh Adams and his abilities. I, I Jimmy mean, did
0: a really good job with it's, that. Breakdown. He did
1: a good job on that. I, I, I tweeted at him. Uh, I said, I said, I would like to take this tweet out on a date. Where would it like to go for the evening? Yeah. It was such a good tweet. It was so perfect.
0: It's very on brand for Jimmy too. It's
1: great. Yeah. Very on brand for Jimmy. He was fantastic. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, those are some guys to, to look out for. And, are there any guys? Obviously, the, the cut down day. There's no multiple cut down days anymore in the NFL. It's been a few years now since they've instituted the, the you know one general cut down day. But are there any guys who really need to play well in this game against the Jaguars in order to secure a spot on the fifty three, or at least get them a little further off the bubble?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say Michelle. You know, like I mentioned early, I would just uh, include him in there. Because I don't even know if the Eagles keep six wide receivers; they might not, they might just only go with five. But if they are going to go with the six, like it's up to Michelle to kind of continue to make the most of his opportunity here, or one of those other guys to step up, like a Greg Ward or Carlton Agudosi or Charles Johnson or whatever. Clayton Thorson, to me, you know, is not making this team. But like, I really need—I would really love to see him not look as terrible. Um, <laughs> so I'll just mention that quickly. Um, going through the rest of the roster here, um, you know, I think Clements you know clearly in the lead with that fourth running back job. I don't know if we'll play this week. We'll see on that one still. They might kind of mm-hmm. hold him off and maybe you know that's a good sign for him that they're kind of like, okay, you know, we like we like you Corey. Like you don't even need to play just get 100%. Um so we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, I don't think at cornerback anything, you know, sticks out too much. I think we kind of know who the Eagles are keeping there. Um Cyprian, Jonathan Cyprian. Like I'd like to see some more from him this week, especially with the Eagles waving slash or no, they waived Blake Countess with an injury settlement, and that's significant mm-hmm. because Countess yeah. was taking like first team uh, reps last week in the preseason game. Like it was in Sendejo and him with the quote unquote first team defense. Like Blake Countess would have made this team. You know, they at the yeah. very least, I think the Eagles liked his special teams ability. It's just unfortunate he got hurt. So uh, it's always possible that he'll bring Countess back at a later date. You know, if he's still out there and they need a safety, I wouldn't close the book on that. But, you know, for now he's gone. And that opens the door for either Cyprian, I think, or Trey Sullivan. And in theory, I guess you could say DeAndre Hall, but probably not. He feels like he's running really with the backups. And I think Cyprian is the guy who can really kind of boost his stock here, you know, with another good showing. And I think Trey Sullivan was so bad last week. And he, he was just really bad last preseason too. So, Um, And and he's still practice squad eligible While Cyprian is not so you can kind of just Keep him around there so definitely want to see More from the man we call Sippy Cup This week to see (laughs) if he can do anything I would guess at at tight end I would say that uh, Richard Rodgers continues to miss time I think He's going to make the team but if You know Josh Perkins is either trying To unseat him or be a fourth Tight end um, like now's his time To step up because he's getting first team reps And he will be getting you know the bulk Of playing time I guess with uh, you know Dallas Goddard out uh, Alex Ellis who the Eagles signed uh, or, or in training camp like a week or two ago has been making some plays another tight end w- Want to see if that's like anything kind of legit mm-hmm. um, Linebacker you kind of mentioned LJ Ford already I think he's definitely on this roster But you know couldn't, yeah, it couldn't too. hurt for him to continue to look good then you have a guy like TJ Edwards um, Like Edwards and, and Alex Singleton that CFL guy and now Paul Warlow is back healthy I guess for now um, Great
1: story for him. And in, in the, yeah, I forget who did the story this week, but uh, somebody did a, uh, one of the Eagles beat writers did a, a really nice story on Warlow and his return back from the knee injury.
0: Yeah, so we'll see if he can kind of do anything. And then Deshaun Hall. Like, again, I, so with Hall, like, it's interesting in the defensive end picture to me because, like, I know you drafted Sharif Miller, and so you're not going to cut him. You know, it's a fourth round pick, but, like, to, if Hall continues to look as good as he did last week, like you can't just cut him, you know, and then be like, "We're just keeping Miller uh, around over him." So, kind of interested to see, you know, what happens with Sweat and Hall, and even if Hall can like become that fourth defensive end. Tommy Lawler, you know, another friend of the podcast, wrote that like in his detailed game review that he does of you know all the Eagles games uh, for the preseason game that he felt like Hall, like more so than Sweat, is kind of pushing for that fourth defensive end spot, and I don't think that's crazy. Um, so want to see if they can, he can keep that up as well.
1: All right. Well, BLG, that'll just about wrap it up for episode 74. Any final thoughts, uh, before we get out of here on this one?
0: You know, just hoping once again that, you know, everyone stays healthy. It's the most important thing in preseason. Yeah. Um, so I am, you know, and also kind of just hoping to maybe find a time machine and kind of like speed things up because man, <laughs> like.
1: This preseason is really long. It's so BLG. long. Like it's really especially long. Especially cuz like
0: the players like the the quarterbacks aren't good. Like that makes it so much harder. And then we're yeah. not seeing the starters. Like that's yeah. I'm fine with yeah. that you know in terms of like the strategy but in terms of the entertainment value it sucks it's terrible (laughs) it's it's boring
1: i think it's a big problem for this league blg and i know they want to take it down to two preseason games but on the other end they want to make it 18 regular season games because they don't want to lose those gates which i don't like very much but they've got to get rid of two of these preseason games man i mean it's it's people talk about you know how slow some some other sports are at certain times a year and all this kind of stuff this From the start of training camp to the start of the regular season in the NFL, there might not be anything longer or more laborious than than the NFL preseason.
0: Yeah, um, friend of the podcast, Noah Becker, had a good tweet recently. He had a good suggestion. He said, cancel the preseason, require teams to have at least four open practices. And maybe those could be like joint training camp practices, you know, instead of instead of actual, like, preseason games. I think that's something to think about. It almost seems like the league is kind of going that way anyway, in terms of, like, how teams are... It feels like teams are, like, navigating around the preseason now, in terms of, like, they're not playing the starters they're putting more of an emphasis on those joint practices in lieu of a preseason game. Um, So it almost feels like, you know, things are shifting that way unofficially right now. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if that could be more of an official thing. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to the Raven practices next week, probably much more than I am this preseason game. Although I would like to see, you know, which players stand out and which don't in the game against the Jaguars. So we'll have all that coverage as always on BleedingGreenNation.com, and I'm sure Michael Kist and Benjamin Solak will have the post-game show for you, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you download that so you have it on your commute to work or wherever you are. I think that's just about it in terms of wrapping things on training camp. Again, all we'll those practices next week, and then we have, after this Thursday, two more preseason games to get through, unfortunately. But eventually, John, the regular season will be here. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to it. We just got to get through whatever the rest of this is and the rest of the summer until yeah.
1: then. Hang in there, Eagles fans. Uh, Things will start to get real in a few weeks. In the meantime... Uh, we'll try and take the little joys out of fake football games uh, that we can hear over these next few weeks, and it'll start off with the Jaguars game coming up here uh, in just a little while. But, folks, that'll do it for episode number 74 of BGN Radio. Again, you can follow the great Brandon Lee Gouten at bleedinggreennation.com. Read all his stuff there, and on Twitter, at Brandon Gouten. You can follow me on Twitter, at John Stolness. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on BGN Radio. B-G-N